in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi master. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Yes, Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg, and I am hosting the show as usual, but I don't have all of my usual hosts with me, but I've got one of them. Abigail Gardner, how are you? Hey, y'all. I'm doing good. Abby, how are you? Good evening. I'm going to keep asking. I'm doing well. More, better. Listening and responding, I'm doing well. Better. Do more. Do better. Um, Jake. (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking, Craig. Uh, Jake's not with us tonight. He's on assignment, as they say. Uh, He'll be back with us next week. Uh, as we navigate the pandemic and our schedules and work and everything else that comes along with running a podcast, uh, we'll, we'll be back on our normal schedule next week. Um, but we do have a couple guests joining us this evening for our discussion topics. Before we get to them, though, uh, well, let me introduce them first. So I don't want to just leave them hanging like Joaquin Phoenix backstage waiting to go on the Murray show. Am I right? Yeah. Do they want to be introduced as the Jokers? They do, and that's what I'm going to do right now. Okay. First up, from Vancouver, British Columbia. The I, Joker. The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's me, the Joker from Canada. Uh, Ryan, you should be way more depressed if you're going to be that Joker. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, eh? <laughs> Ryan, uh, thanks, man, for joining us. Uh, Ryan and myself have been doing our, our spinoff show on the weekends, Toy Anxiety, having a ton of fun doing that. Uh, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for being here tonight. And also, um, great friend of the – I don't even – you guys aren't friends of the podcast. The official – members of the YHS universe uh, from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, the Joker. Hey, we got man. the, uh, all the way, uh, the Joker's on the light. Now, Joker, wow. now, this guy's, you know, he's telling jokes and, you know, he's killing people. So I don't know what's so funny about that. But anyways, uh, no, uh, John, you're Kaba. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So we're excited to have you guys. We're going to be talking about uh, DC fandom, Batman, all things related to the things we haven't talked about yet, but mostly the Batman trailer, the Matt Reeves first trailer uh, for, for that movie uh, was very exciting and kind of got out, got us all, all of our juices flowing. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit, but um, well, before we get to that, I do want to thank everybody. Um, last week we released this video. We partnered up, with Eric Reich of Ghost Core and Sony and Hasbro to do a video review slash interview with Eric for the new Hasbro plasma series, Spangler's Neutrona Wand. And it was great. And we got 
tons of great feedback and the video was everywhere and everybody saw it and the official Ghostbusters social media accounts shared it with everybody. Um, and it, it was a really cool experience. So thank you everybody for, uh, kind of dealing with our weird schedule. We kind of missed an episode last week because of it, but, um, yeah, that was a really cool opportunity for us. And we were super excited to be able to, uh, work with uh, ghost core on, uh, putting together some content. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abby, just getting our hands on like new product is very, very cool. It's very cool. And everybody's getting them now, or at least in the UK, it seems everybody's getting them. Uh, I, I really hasn't hit in the United States too much yet, uh, or North America, I should say, but it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that once again, thank Eric and, uh, all the people at ghost core, uh, for, uh, involving us in that. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It felt really exciting and special to be a part of something that's kind of kicking off all of the new stuff for afterlife. So yeah, it was Very great. Special. It was great. Um, I kind of, I, I put a thing in our Instagram stories yesterday of, uh, it was that picture of, uh, McKenna Grace kind of like given that side eye and that's kind of how I feel right now because I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> once again waiting I'm getting itchy for that second trailer. I've been able to put it off for months. You know, we made it through the delay. We made it through Ghostbusters Day. We made it through the rescheduled Ghostbusters Day. It is now about to be fall. The leaves will be coming off the trees. It is fall. Spirit Halloween. Stores are open. John's getting started. Sorry. John started Halloween months ago. Um, But anyways, uh, very excited about all things Ghostbusters and and of course, stick to yes, have some, we will be covering it as in depth as, uh, as, as you can cover it because we've been waiting a really long time. We've made, it it will be multiple uh, wars, terrorist attacks, pandemics, and everything else that this world has gone through since 1989. It's been a long wait. We've been through a lot as a human race, and we're still going through a lot. But God damn it, we got Ghostbusters. We deserve it. We deserve afterlife. We deserve afterlife because we've all endured so much, and I, I, I have a so lot. I have so much empathy for everybody out there. We, we it's been a crazy year, so we'll, we'll get there. We will get there. Um, so before we get into the fun stuff, we have to. Uh, yeah, on that crazy year note. Yeah, on that crazy year note, we have to talk about. Um, some really heartbreaking, sad news that we haven't had the chance to talk about yet here on the podcast. Um, and that is that Ryan Dole still does not have a GI Joe Baroness, uh, exclusive target figure. And he really needs it. Being so bad right now. Um, Hey, it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. One, One day. As as or when when Ryan reached out to yeah, Toys R Us Canada, struggles. Ryan reached out to Toys R Us Canada about the Masters of the Universe Origins figures, and they said they're getting a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're, we'll go, we'll get a few of those in. <laughs> I still don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, no, no. I I as everybody knows here, I you know we we try to keep it as light as possible, but we do need to talk about this because it's a very sad situation. Um. Last week, unfortunately, we lost Chadwick Boseman, uh, incredible actor, an amazingly talented, gifted human being who, by all accounts, is uh, just just was a stellar example of of not only his his craft, not only just being an actor, but I mean, humanity, just humanity. He he just incredible, absolutely incredible. And there's not, I don't want to get too deep or choked up or anything, but, um, just do some reading about him and his charity work and the way he inspired people and, uh, the way he connected with his friends. And I mean, the guy was fighting cancer 
for five or six years and didn't tell anybody and uh, just continue to make incredible movies and, and persevere and just, I don't know, the triumph of the human spirit. It sounds, sounds cliche, but it was uh, really, really, really sad that, that, that we lost him. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me to put it into words and everybody reacts to it differently. Uh, different actors and different characters mean different things to different people. Um, Black Panther was triumphant in a, in a way and successful in a way and impactful in a way that I don't think we have ever seen from the superhero genre yeah. with an African-American lead and a predominantly African-American cast. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be the one talking yeah, about it. Just um, going and seeing that Black Panther in the theater felt like going to like a, a football game. Like, a, like literally like the reaction in the crowd right. was, it's, we talked a bit. Of, yeah, I, I I wept literally for like most of that night yeah. when I found out. And also Lost all of us were messaging each other, kind of relying on right. each other for support. Well, we, we, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Toy Anxiety. The There are movie-going experiences in your life that you will never forget. Um, and uh, seeing Black Panther, seeing Avengers Endgame, seeing, seeing Wakanda, for the seeing first Wakanda time. come out at the end of Endgame and all the action in Infinity War and just... Uh, you know, John, I'll throw to you. You are uh, obviously a fan like we all are, uh, but maybe you can speak to more of the uh, personal impact that uh, that character and seeing that character on the big screen had to you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> just like you said, as as a person, as an actor, it's a huge loss. Um, Chadwick Boseman was the kind of guy that, whether he was working on a Marvel project or anything else you never heard anything but positive stuff about him from from his castmates from the crews from the directors and all that kind of stuff and it's just it's heartbreaking i mean for me i i am biracial my mom is black my dad is white and for a long time i struggled with kind of like understanding what my racial identity was and uh it was it was tough because like i used to kind of take comfort in being able to say like yes i'm black yes i'm white i don't deny any of those things i am proud of both of those things but more than either of those things i'm me and i still think that that's true and that's important but i also think that over time i i kind of started to understand that a lot of me saying that was more out of fear of what it would mean to embrace either one of those things, being black or being white, not for fear that I would do one more than the other, just fear of embracing either of them as like a part of me. And that's why I would always be like, well, I'm me, ta-da. And, uh, and yeah. It, it was, yeah, and that was tough. And especially like when I... When I left the military, I uh, I moved to L.A. and that I was kind of like in the process of not just moving and, and getting used to being in a new place, but also getting used to being a civilian. And it was kind of just this process of like rebuilding and, and getting to know myself all over mm -hmm. again. And a part of that, like that process was happening as we were hearing like, oh, we're going to do a Black Panther movie. We cast Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Here he is in Civil War. I think Civil War was one of the first um, movies I actually saw in a theater. 
in when I moved to LA and I think I saw it at the Chinese theater. Um, and so it was, that was big. And he obviously wasn't like the main character of that film, but you could sense already just the way, like his final confrontation with Baron Zemo there at the end where he stops him from killing himself and, and the stuff that he says to him, there was just so much power and soul in that character and then to see the solo Black Panther movie start to kind of take shape and become what it was going to be. And, you know, living in L.A., like for anyone who lives there, you know, you drive around and everywhere, like every billboard, every side of every building, every wall is plastered with movie posters and advertisements and all that kind of stuff for whatever is coming out. It's really cool to see if you're into movies and stuff. And I remember getting really excited and giddy, even just seeing stuff for, for Ghostbusters and that's where the call came out and seeing the logo huge everywhere. Like I think I stopped and took a picture next to every Ghostbusters advertisement I saw, but it was like, and that was fun. And that was like, as a fan of Ghostbusters and that's something that meant something to me, but it was a different vibe seeing that same level of stuff for Black Panther and seeing all of these not just like up and coming black actors and actresses and and people who are younger, but seeing just the caliber of, I mean, you got Angela Bassett in there, Forrest Mm. Whitaker, like these incredible, like, I mean, you want to talk about black excellence, like that Mm. is everything in that movie. And it, it hit me and, and seeing all that come together at a time when I was, like I said, I was kind of re identifying with myself and that character in that film were a huge part of me being able to understand a different part of me and embrace it and and not have any qualms about saying like yeah I'm I'm a black man like I I was never in denial of that but it I don't know there was just something about that whole process and when that film came out that hit me in a way that I that carried a different weight for me and Chadwick Boseman playing T'Challa was a huge part of that. I mean, I, I went and saw that with my wife and literally like I left the theater sobbing and she was just like rubbing my back, but she, like, it wasn't like a cheesy, like <laughs> this guy's crying. Like it was, but that's you know, like deep. It's yeah, like a puzzle like, piece was, that's falling into place after a long, long time. Like it's, that's yeah, deep special. A hundred percent. And And I remember, calling my mom afterward to uh, to talk to her about it. Not in any like, oh my God, mom, I had a realization, but just to like, to talk to her about how amazing it was and how much I enjoyed the film and and what I felt afterward. And and you could hear her starting to get a little choked up. And she said right. like, yeah, we've been we've been waiting for something like this for a long time. And yeah. it, it looks like it's going to be really good. And I remember talking to her after she saw it too. And right. and it's uh like, yeah, it's it's one of those things that, you and I think I posted this somewhere like um Chadwick Boseman playing T'Challa he was the king that I needed to see the man I needed to see and the hero that I needed to see like in my life and on the big screen at a time when I didn't even realize that that was something that I needed so as much as it's sad to like lose this person as a human and as an actor and as someone who contributed a lot to his craft and, and, you know, all the people around him, as much as T'Challa and Wakanda and all that is not real, what he brought to that character and that role and to the Marvel Universe and everything else, that hit me in a way that was very real. And so, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's been really tough to, 
to deal with it. Yeah. Well, John, thank that you. Impact, I, I think that impact rippled out like across yeah, the world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it touched you. Uh, yeah. John, I really appreciate you being so candid. And that's, uh, you know, I don't think I can add anything to that. But um, I, I think that I, I would I would suggest, you know, there's been a lot of tributes written by his friends and, and co-workers. And um, Michael B. Jordan wrote a, a really great piece. Uh, Ryan Coogler, uh, obviously the director of Black Panther, you know, he he didn't know about Chadwick's illness and he's been writing Black Panther 2 and he was talking about how you know he's been writing these words for for Chadwick Boseman and and he'll never get to say those words and obviously um I don't want to spend too much time talking about it but there there was a huge article today in Hollywood Reporter um Disney is obviously mourning the loss of uh, a family member um but you know the it it they they have to figure out what what they're going to do going forward because you know Black Panther, the character in that movie were marquee uh, pieces of, of the MCU going forward. And they, they're going to have to make some uh, probably pretty tough decisions. And I don't know if it's too soon to, to talk about that stuff, but we'll, uh, you know, I, I'll just mention it since it wasn't a, a, yeah. a widely published article. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, tough because everyone's yeah. kind of mourning at different paces, right. but I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, especially because now, you know, Tony's not in the MCU anymore. Cap is not there anymore. He's in the past with Peggy. Thor is, you know, he handed his, his hammer over to Valkyrie pretty much. So we're, I mean, they kind of said without saying like, Hey, we're about to, there's going to be a shift in the command structure. And you could kind of assume like, okay, we're probably going to see Black Panther, Captain Marvel, maybe Dr. Strange, like some of these characters who have been second tier Spider-Man, like they're going to move up to more like, okay, we're like the sophomores becoming juniors and the juniors becoming seniors because the seniors have graduated now. And so, yeah, I mean, it it makes sense that they would kind of have to stop and say like, okay, what do we do now? Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think recasting is a bad idea. I just don't think, that would be appropriate. I think there's so much that you can do um, with, I mean, there's so much uh, source material to pull from uh-huh. and tell continuing stories of Black Panther and Wakanda. Um, I just don't, I, I just don't see recasting. I'm not saying that nobody will yeah. ever play back Black Panther again, but this version, I, I just, just doesn't seem like that's what, the, I feel like the, from, uh, from the most, uh, Ryan, I'm going to throw to you on this one because I want to hear your your take. But from the most uh, shallow point of view, you have you're running the risk of just really bad PR and fan backlash and outcry. But from like a more <clears throat> realistic point of view, it's just those are not shoes that are going to be easy to f- fill, and uh, that's a, a marquee character. And I don't believe that you would recast Captain America or Iron Man or Spider Man. Uh, in in the same way, and I, I don't think you should be recasting uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, version of Black Panther. There, I said it. Well, well, first off, they're just going to recast Spider Man no matter what. <laughs> right. So you don't really Shut get a up, say in Ryan. that. All right. Shut up. <laughs> uh, once, it's... once Peter's gone, it better be Miles or Ben Riley or Gwit. Like just no. It'll be we Miles. It has to be Miles. I I can't see them not doing Miles after Peter Parker. Yeah. That would be. That would be crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't see them going the CG route. I don't see them, you know, 
like doing what they did with Princess Leia. I don't see that route happening. Right. I, I could just see them just, I could see them postponing Black Panther 2 and writing it in in such a way that Shuri takes the mantle. Right. Yeah. And that's, right. I think that just comes down to now, they just got to restructure, be patient. I mean, nothing is still filming right now. They, right. Like COVID has bought them some time. Yeah. I think it's right. really important so. that they, I think, you know, they didn't do this for, for Carrie Fisher. And in retrospect, I think it was a really bad idea. I think that you should open, uh, I think there should be, you know, fans want to mourn. There's a time of mourning and we, it, it, we, I think ident- they deserve to. We, we identify with these characters as if they were, you know, uh, not only did Chadwick Boseman pass away, but his, this take on this character is, is gone. And I think that you can, uh, respect, you know, because they talk a lot in, in Black Panther. I mean, he has that conversation after in Civil War, I should say, when his uh, when his father passes, um, and he talks about how in their culture, you know, death is not the end. And I think uh-huh. that you can acknowledge that in a really tasteful manner uh, and show a, a really uh, a deserving celebration of uh, T'Challa's life. Yeah, continuing the legacy. Film. The one. The one moment of CG that I think I would forgive if if everybody behind the scenes and, and his family and everything was cool with it would be when Shuri gets to the point where she is ready to become like to take on that mantle of being the Black Panther. And, you know, she goes through the whole thing and, and drinks the the, uh, you know, the flower or whatever and goes to that place of like, you know, she sees the Panther God and all that and right. the ancestors. And if they wanted to put him in there with like, you know, his dad and, and everybody else. Right. And so mm-hmm. like all of the past black Panthers and Kings and everything, I would, I, as a, I would be okay with that. Yeah. But no mm-hmm. speaking, no weird, like just have him there, you know, mm-hmm. you guys want to hear a prediction. I think that some, because there was that bond between Captain America and black Panther, like obviously starts in civil war and you see it a lot in infinity war. Um, I, I think somehow uh, we will see Chris Evans in, in some uh, it, whatever whatever the tribute is, whatever the goodbye is on screen. I think uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we will see Chris Evans because oh. I think they yeah. were just so intertwined. But but more than anything, all I want to say is that you know tell your friends you love them and uh, life is really precious. And uh, t- if you if you got a few minutes. Um, take some time to read some of those tributes and dedications and also go back and watch some of his other movies. Uh, 42, Mm -hmm. he played Jackie Robinson. Yeah. He, I mean, someone posted this on Twitter. They said that, you know, Chadwick Boseman spent his whole career making sure that, you know, these prominent black, uh, people, whether they were fictional or otherwise got their moment and that people like their story was told and people got to see it on the big screen in a big way. And yeah. so that's, that's definitely worth remembering and, and revisiting his work. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not personally ready to, to revisit black Panther or infinity war or Avengers mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard that first time. Um, yeah. I was about to watch it on the weekend and just be like, Oh man, I just want to watch it. And I was like, mm-hmm. just about to press play. And I was like, you see the hey. picture up on the Disney plus and it's like, yeah. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like it, that's know. like saying goodbye, like watching it right. one, one more time is like, yeah, it's literally you know, like saying goodbye. We, um, just not ready, the, right? 
in Endgame when when all the heroes are coming back and when that circle opens and it's T'Challa and he's got you know basically the army of Wakanda with him. It 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 was a a moving experience to be in a crowded theater and to hear those. It, you just yeah. felt it. It was it was nothing. Uh, it was like nothing we've ever experienced. Yeah, it's like nothing I've ever experienced in a movie theater. It's so. like when Stone Cold Steve Austin's yeah. glass breaks. It really, <laughs> that's mean, the only... I'm tr- I'm holding back tears, but I'm like, yes. yes. It is like that. It is it's like I that. Mean, it, it is, is like that. It's powerful because like you hear, you know, Cap's there and he's like having this moment of like, yeah, I'm going to get killed, but I'm going to go out fighting because that's what I do. And then he hears Sam's voice, right? But yeah. T'Challa and everyone from Wakanda are the first ones through, and he has that moment where he kind of nods at Steve, where he just acknowledges, like, "Yeah, we're here, we're back, let's do this, we got you." God, and uh, I love yeah. well, even that moment with uh, <laughs> now I'm crying with Hawkeye, with Hawkeye and Black Panther. Oh yeah, in in uh, in Endgame because in yeah. in Civil War he's like he's like you haven't I don't care him, who right? you he's are. Kidding. He's like I don't care. But yeah. in, in the battle, he doesn't like he doesn't just say give it to me like he calls him Clint. So he's like, he didn't know who he was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and right. Like, touching, like little right, moments. Like, yeah. Abby's gone. Abby has abandoned the podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> what is this? Ghost heads? Just bales crying. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Um, so listen, um, it's heavy stuff, but you know you got to talk about it. You got to acknowledge it. It's it's tremendously sad but what an impact what a legacy he's leaving uh and uh oh he'll be celebrated for celebrate. years yeah for absolutely sure. absolutely um cool and uh i think we will try to now talk about dc fandom but again it's so hard <laughs> to segue out of this why don't we do this yeah let's take a deep breath let me plug some stuff for yes have some and then we'll move on to the main discussion topics but uh john ryan thank you so much for your input yeah. i didn't really set you i didn't we let- literally didn't prep you guys for that so thank you (laughs) so much for doing it um so okay cool hey we do want everybody to know that yes have some is very active on social media you can find us on twitter and of course instagram where every single day we are featuring brand new images from our toys and toy collections at yhs podcast is where you can find that stuff and don't forget we've got the youtube channel we're posting video content all the time including toy anxiety every weekend ryan and i sitting down shooting the shit talking about toy stress and uh you know it's it's a lot shit of fun talking a lot of a lot of fun and then of course we've got <laughs> our our main hub uh yes i have some group therapy on facebook which is our main discussion hub that's what i call it that's where we go we talk about the episodes we talk about toys movies everything under the sun it's a great place uh one of my favorite places on the internet as no a, memes there's, there's no, no memes, memes. There's no memes. A meme free zone it's great. No means. Thanks to Ryan. It's Thank a you to Ryan. Um, That's right. And uh, yeah, so make sure you check it out. And uh, we, we've really been putting a lot of work into our social presence and we're really trying to grow the community. So if you're not in group therapy, search for it. You'll find it. Join up and we'll, we'll get you in there. And then, uh, of course, uh, on Instagram at uh, YHS Podcast. Um, and obviously, if you're listening to this for the first time, we want you to subscribe to the podcast and we also would like you to leave a review on itunes we 
kind of don't know why they're important. Nobody in podcasting does, but they're important. They so are. So leave a review. Let us know. <laughs> what you, uh, well, it helps with, you know what? It helps with the algorithm. Mm. That's something I hear. Oh, yes. That's something I read. We knew all about the algorithm. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you to our special guests, Ryan Dole and John Yukeba. We will let them plug their own shit later. Let's get on to Fandom. We, I'm going to get right Ooh. to the main event. Um, Matt Reeves started filming the new Batman movie earlier this year. It was pushed back because of COVID. We knew we were going to get some footage. They did this really great one-on-one conversation. I believe Aisha Tyler was hosting yes. it. Um, uh, and uh, she interviewed Matt Reeves and he talked a lot about the movie. And then it was time to reveal the footage. And not only did we get footage, we got a, this was, um, they didn't go the teaser trailer route like this felt like the like this was like the first batman begins trailer like this Mm -hmm. was a full-on two and a half minute it it was incredible it was uh much more than i was expecting so why don't we round table it um abby i'll I'll go to you first you like batman forever yeah i do (laughs) uh but you you like (laughs) i like silly goofy batman that's like a you know a little campy and over the top so let's talk about this going into it you knew robert pattinson of um the you know vampire twilight fame shiny fame vampire twilight fame yeah is uh playing batman and uh i I think that's basically all the information you had so what was your first reaction to the trailer that was like literally all that i knew um i was completely taken aback by this trailer it was it was brutal in like the best way possible i love um like a grisly detective story um since watching this trailer john you recommended in our group chat the uh basically like the comic books to read along with this like to look forward to the movie like what they're basing them off and i read and finished the court of owls volume one today and i am just like so here for no spoilers I'm not going to say anything. I just, Thank you. I, I just, I love how <laughs> violent and dark and cryptic and it, it's chilling. Um, I, I absolutely love this trailer. I, I couldn't, um, I've watched it countless times at this point when I'm like bummed out or bored, I will watch it and put it on. It's something to look forward to. It was completely unexpected. Like we've seen a few images and there was always a question of whether or not they were real, like set photos of Robert Pattinson. Um, and so now just to like see him on screen and that reveal and, and also to watch reaction videos of other people. It just, it's yeah, so I, good I, to have something nice again <laughs> is how it feels. Okay. Um, were you disappointed that Jim Carrey is probably not in it? No, I like the <laughs> guy that's playing this new Riddler. I'm not disappointed at all. All right, cool. Uh, Ryan, stay in the Sonic universe. Uh, Ryan and John, you're the two biggest Batman fans I know. Um, I don't know who's the bigger Batman fan, but if I had to guess, it's one of you, Ryan. <laughs> what uh, what was your uh, uh, your ini- we'll, we'll get more in depth, but what was your initial gut reaction? Um. Oh man, I was hard, hard as a rock. That. Uh, <laughs> That that Uh trailer, like just from the from the song that they chose, uh, just to the, and then that kind of like told you the tone of what the trailer was going to be, where it is kind of gray. There's some red. It was just like, oh man, I just ah man. Now I'm just thinking about this trailer, and I'm just so giddy. The uh, just the music, the stuff that they cut. It's crazy to think that's only 25 percent of the film. Like that's only twenty five percent. Right, they've barely filmed anything. Like, that's that's insane to me. And so getting to see that kind of like that first look of Catwoman, who and and man, Matt Reeves even said before the, he even pressed play on the trailer, 
that these are not going to be the final looks of the characters that we see in this trailer. And Batman already looks that badass. Yeah. Right. And it's just, man, just seeing that gang from Batman Forever, because that's what they looked like to me right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. The street gang. Oh, yeah. And, Dude, the- and just like hey, Abby, that like, Abby and I have the same Day taste the in Batman. <laughs> yeah. So I like that camp. I like that little bit of cartoony, but I also love violence. Oh, my God. And I know. when he's punching that dude out, <laughs> and you're thinking, like, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? But then he goes, uh, vengeance and man, that's it. I just I needed a cigarette, a nap, a shower, you name it. it Simultaneous so session. It was so good, Ryan. Before we move to John, it was definitely worth the wait. And I mean, I'm I'm ready to wait. I'll easily wait, wait another year, over a year, if I have to, for this movie because that is my reason to live right now. Is that movie because. I know I'll make it to Afterlife. I just need to make it to Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what was your um, when you heard Robert Pattinson would gotten cast? Matt Reeves was going to do this new take, completely separate from the rest of the DCEU. Did you uh, did this trailer confirm what your feelings were, or were you surprised by it, or were you trying to not uh, have too much of an opinion before you saw any footage? Oh, for me, it's I was already on board when they announced him because I already knew the guy could act. Uh, so far, I've never been one of those people that as soon as they announce a Batman, people get outraged and they flip out and spaz online and have mantrums. <laughs> and there's just, you know, I just don't understand that because every time people do that, whether it's Heath Ledger or Affleck or Keaton, you know, or even Kilmer, you know what I mean? Like, and every time those movies do super well, people love them and, <clears throat> And anyone that sits there and says they don't like Batman forever, they're filthy fucking liars. Oh, yeah. Be- you know, it's it, and <laughs> how could you know, she I, not? I don't know. I just feel like fans do nothing but eat crow when it comes to Batman. And they all sit there and bitch and moan the moment they get that first look. All of a sudden they were like, oh, I supported it the whole time. And I'm just like, bull shit. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Two people, two people were on board with this. And it was me and John. Nobody else. <laughs> um, for the Accurate. record, I haven't, given, I haven't given my opinion yet. You should I, write DC and make sure you're recognized for that. <laughs> yeah, we need <laughs> to get a special credit. The first thing that pops up is just special thanks to Ryan. <laughs> special yeah. thanks to Ryan <laughs> I, I kept this franchise Thank alive. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, well, yeah, I worked. John. Yeah, back in the idea. Yeah, right, hold on. Right 19... now, I am the was... Pete Moser. <laughs> yes, of the yes, I didn't know if you guys oh, were... Yeah, back in uh, 19... 1987, you know, I was working for Warner Brothers and I was, you know, promoting <laughs> Batman. You know, they were, you know, they were going to cast Bill Murray as Batman. A lot of people don't know. Tenor that. Toys would invite me over to tell people how good Robert Pattinson is going to be. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'm playing with my DC superpowers toys, drinking champagne. God, that's my dream to be on planes, first class of DC superpowers, toys, drinking champagne. And it's me and like OJ Simpson yeah. fucking playing yeah. superpowers yeah. toys. That's, You're like, hey, that Juice, is my dream. hold my Lex Luthor real quick, Mr. Juice. Um, John, 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 John. cameos in the next one. Like maybe Batman's in Arkham and we're just like leaning out from our cell. Like, no, we're guards. <laughs> we would be oh, guards. Guard. They would defund us. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. No, no politics, John. Um, um, 
Um, yeah, I, yeah. No politics. Well, we already blew that because John Yu came and talked about how uh, Chadwick Boseman was important to him, and he identified with him. Oh, we've gotten yeah. really political. Well, this what what, what is this uh, fucking Drudge Report? One of those. One of those. Oh my god! I still wouldn't like it. Uh, I've been having a good time. All right, John. What's up, dude? What was your reaction? I know what it was, but now pretend I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. I just so I am a big fan of Batman, like you said. And one of the things that I've always wanted to see um, was more of his detective side brought out. There's been little hints here and there of it in some of the past movies. Um, But it's it's never just been like because in the comics, he's known as the world's greatest detective. And we've never really delved into that. And so from the minute. Matt Reeves was announced. I was like, oh, cool. I really, really like the Planet of the Apes movies. And then he said, it's going to be like a noir detective story. And we're really going to show you how Batman is the world's greatest detective. Awesome. This dude's already scoring points with me. And then, you know, they cast Robert Pattinson. And I was just like, I'm into it. Because like Ryan said, somehow Batman in a lot of ways, for some reason, is just the one character that DC can't screw up or they haven't screwed up too bad. I think there were some missteps with the Affleck version, but I, and by and large, none of the versions of Batman have been so flawed that you're just like, they completely screwed that one up. And I can so, disagree with that, but we'll move on. Uh oh. Ryan's got a counter. Any, I know what I know what he's about to say, but also I'm not ready to have that <laughs> argument because I don't know if the show right. is long enough. Anyway, <laughs> stick with um, the band. But yeah, so I was I was really I was on board with Pattinson because, and obviously, like you said, he's been in a lot of other stuff, and he's he's become an amazing actor. Um, and I don't blame him for Twilight being weird. So it's you know. But we get to Fandom. We've seen the Batmobile. We've seen the suit pictures. You got that little teaser. I'm into all of it. And then Matt Reeves comes out and he just gives this TED talk, like without even thinking about, but what about this guy's movie? Just the way that he talks about Batman and Gotham and the villains and the GCPD and everything. I'm just like, this man clearly studied the Dark Knight. Like, as a character, not the movie. But, like, he studied Batman. He has a degree in Batman. I would like to see what he does with Batman. And then the trailer hits. And I, whoo. I mean, yeah, I had to change my clothes afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, I just, oh, like, th- me and my buddy used to have this word, steez, S-T-E-E-Z. And it would just like you would look at someone and if you just they walk into the room and like they look good, they they feel like their vibe is good. Like everything about them is just like, oh, yeah, tell me more. You're just like, oh, their steez is on point. It's correct. This oh, John, your new Ste- name is now John Steezy part four. Yeah. 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 Young Steezy. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Steezy. <laughs> that's that's Steezy. what my rap name is. Young Steezy. <laughs> um, um, yeah, this trailers these immediately just is so good because like, john's trying it, to get steez steez to be a thing like barge in the wired church universe like fetch. yeah like fetch. Fetch. i know it's so, so fetch. not fetch 
He streets ahead um, on this. But I agree with you, John. It is like the aesthetic and it oozes just like an aura yeah. of coolness and like just yeah. gritty, like yep. detective style shit. And that yeah. remix of Nirvana in the beginning is like such a tone setter. So I don't even listen to Nirvana. I know exactly two Nirvana songs and it's the ones that everybody knows. But like just hearing <laughs> that music and and the way that it fit in so well before i even knew anything about the song i was just like whatever this is it's perfect and like the lighting the cinematography like a lot of people compared it to um to seven the david fincher movie it feels like seven with batman and which is just fucking awesome yep yeah yeah Uh, abby still needs to see seven i do oh (laughs) i did a report on it for a college class once and it uh, i just God, the I name of the report so, was Steezin' so with seven. Um, I, uh, I, John, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I think I, I'm a longtime Batman fan, and I, I don't have the deep dive knowledge of, of the comics or the, you know, the, the, the different runs of storylines and things like that. But I've always been partial to Batman as my favorite superhero, specifically in the world of film. Batman 89 was another one of those transformative uh, film going experiences that I talk about. Um, but I think that was for everybody. I think if you were grew up in 89, that's just a movie you're going to right. remember. And it, it's interesting yeah. when you, hey, you Ryan, I could disagree with you on that. Okay. But time we'll out. We'll go on. We, I watched, <laughs> oh, Ghostbusters 2 doesn't count. Ghostbusters 2 came out in 89 or something, didn't it? Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2. I'm just talking about how (laughs) Batman 89 wasn't transformative. Ghostbusters 2 is the Batman 89 of 1989. Okay, listen. That's right. We watched. Sorry, go ahead. No, we watched. The only thing you take away from this episode. We watched Batman 89 last night, and, you know. I love the performances. Michael Keaton's incredible and Jack Nicholson is incredible and Kim Basinger and everybody. Everybody's great. Um, the sure. movie is not as dark and gritty as your my five-year-old mind remembers it being. It's it's actually pretty slapstick at times and it, it it's it's not as um I don't know. It's it's dark. Obviously, aesthetically, like the the costumes are dark and the shadowing is dark and the the set design of Gotham is very Tim Burton. But it 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 has a sense of uh, fun and whimsy. Ju- yeah, it's whimsy. A, it gets a little whimsy. Yeah. It, it has Whimsical. A, there's a there's a weird sweet spot when it comes to Batman of like you want it to and and I guess in some ways with all movies where you if you're telling a story that has some things that aren't very realistic, you still want to successfully convey a world that the audience can feel submerged enough in that even when these unrealistic things are happening, it feels natural for the world that they have allowed themselves right. to be a yeah. part of. Right. For yeah, the I, movie. I agree. But anyway, yeah, so- I think Batman does need that layer of camp. I think no matter what, well, and like, yeah, I think it just does. I think there. I think sometimes it goes too far with '66 and maybe Batman and Robin, but mm-hmm. then it sometimes hit that sweet spot like Batman uh, Forever. But then sometimes it goes too far the other way, like the Chris Nolan movies that don't want to call things a Batcave or a Batmobile, right? They want to mm-hmm. call it a Tumbler, right? And a, a, yeah. you know, put them in well, a Ryan, uh, Ryan, 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 Ryan. Name a point in those films where. Batman is having a conversation where he would say like, well, 
I'm going to go back to the Batcave or let well, me get the Batmobile. Well, if I didn't need subtitles to understand Batman in those movies, <laughs> I can tell you. Okay, back to you my know, opinion about the trailer. I, you know, um, people just like to pick on the place because I okay. never had a problem understanding this. So what I'm we saying is... We have like a full series about defending Batman. Listen, no one needs to defend <laughs> Batman. He can fight for himself. Listen, I... Love He's Batman. Pretty good at it, actually. I love Batman 89. I'm not partial to Batman Returns. Everybody knows that. We won't spend any time on that. But I love Batman. I've been following Batman on film has been one of my favorite websites since like 1997 yes. run by, <laughs> by Bill Ramey, who still runs it. And uh, he does a great job. I, I tried to get him on the podcast. He didn't respond. So never mind. I hate that website. No, no, no. It's a great website. <laughs> Incredible coverage. <laughs> I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And what would I, would I, love about what I saw in this movie is that, you know, it's a, it's a familiar take on Batman where it's a serious crime driven detective driven movie, but where, um, where the dark Knight or Batman begins or dark Knight rises is kind of more like a crime thriller, like heat or kind of a nineties action, you know, takes itself seriously. Crime thriller, this step, this, and you guys already said it, this kind of feels like it's rooted in more of a, something a little bit more sinister, Mm -hmm. like a David Fincher movie. Yeah. It just feels true detective. You know, somebody did a, um, gritty, there is a grizzly. There is a true detective vibe. Somebody did a cut of the new Batman trailer for the dark Knight, And it was really well done, but, you can't capture that same aesthetic because that movie, a lot of that movie takes, there's a lot of daytime scenes and like Heath Ledger's so incredible in that role, but we've seen it so much. It's almost like you're never going to react to Heath Ledger's portrayal as the Joker in 2020, the way you did for the first time 12 years ago. So we've seen it so much. Um, But what I love about this trailer, just to wrap it up is that it immediately immerses you in a, world of shadows and dark tones and red the color red is very prominent and that is not something we've seen where the dark knight uh uh, is kind of more there's there's like it's very almost like james cameron like blue kind of um this has uh kind of kind of feel like you're in a like a dark room and there's sinister things happening Mm -hmm. and robert pattinson looks great and jeffrey wright uh is that his name the actor jeffrey wright yeah He's, he, he's going to be perfect as Gordon. He's going to be mm-hmm, perfect mm-hmm. as Gordon from Westworld. Right. And, uh, it, obviously we saw the Riddler. We know Paul Dano is going to play him and it, we don't know much about it other than it looks scary. It looks like there's yeah. like horror elements, like yeah. silence of the lambs style it, kind of thing. It's going like on. very psychological. Thrillery. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope I leave and I have nightmares. That's the same night. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally like, and it's funny that you pointed out the red thing because like a lot of people have been pointing out like, oh, it's like Batman Beyond. And yeah, that had a lot of red. But even the last season of Batman, the animated series, the, they kind of changed the art direction a little and the sky was red all the time. And and you're right. It's just it like the Nolan films played with some of the dark and gritty aspects, but it was still a very like it was kind of like a clean version of it. And it was it had more of like an epic scope to it where this feels a lot more like intimate. And even in the couple daytime scenes we saw where he's like, you know, kind of lurking behind that press conference. And then when he's at the, 
uh, church for the funeral when that car comes crashing in, it is like it's overcast or it's like light coming through the uh, the windows of the church and everything is just there's a lot of shadows at play. And it always makes sure to like keep that mood of like mm-hmm. this place is is not a happy place. And and Matt Reeves even said that when he was describing, you know, how with Tim Burton, everything about Gotham is fictional. The buildings, the way they're crafted, it's hyper gothic. It's hyper, you know, you know, production design and everything. And then with Christopher Nolan's films, you know, he got a little creative with the narrows at the beginning and that's kind of like a grimy place, but like, after that, it just kind of became like, okay, well, this is Chicago. Yeah, I was about this to is say, yeah. Philadelphia. Just, exactly. And this is, you know, you know, it it just kind of becomes generic American city. Yeah. But then he was describing how here he wanted to build something that felt like a real American city, but not one that you knew. And you were just you see it and you're like, this feels very authentic, but I could not tell you where it is, and I definitely have never been there. And he's doing it by going to different places around the world. Like right now he's in the UK and he was like, we're going to use that. And then we're going to add some different things to it to give it its own flavor. And we're going to kind of build this fictional city from scratch using pieces of other cities. And I think that's really cool. And so far it looks like they really are going to give us a Gotham that is unto itself. That's one of the things he was, Matt Reeves was uh, talking about during the, uh, DC fandom during that interview with Aisha Tyler was how important Gotham is as a character in the story itself, which is so true. And as fans of Ghostbusters, we understand that New York is a character in that story too. So having all that attention to detail and making it, making the scope and and getting it like so that it's familiar, but also strange and interesting. That's so cool. I love that it feels like a, like an indie project that, that like has all this grit and merit to it. I'm so excited. Um, I love his suit. I think the suit looks amazing. It's different. That it's familiar enough, good. but it's, it's different and looks functional and mobile. And, uh, whew, that well, we've all talked. I mean, that's the scene everybody reacts to, but when he's beating the shit out of those, mm-hmm. those thugs, yeah, yeah. um, well, well, even just seeing him, like when Gordon gets there and they're reading the Riddler's Clue and everything, and he's like, does this mean anything to you? And then you see Batman for the first time just walk into the room mm-hmm. while everybody's analyzing the crime scene, and he's just walking toward Gordon, and you're just like, oh, yep, that's Batman. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's got no fucks to give with him. There's crime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, so I don't want to get into spoiler territory for, for comic uh, arcs that maybe listeners haven't read um, but we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, I think everybody has kind of, because of the nature of the murder mysteries going on in Gotham in this movie, people are talking about the Court of Owls as a possibility. Um, Matt Reeves specifically, I think, mentioned Ego as another inspiration. So I kind of wanted to throw John and Ryan, uh, Ryan go first. What Do you get any vibes from this trailer that that of what the story might be and if it's if it's pulling any specific influences from uh comic runs or uh uh when i look at that for the first time like just even how bruce lane looks with his like his emo hair that people were kind of complaining about (laughs) the circles under the eyes it kind of really reminded me of uh tim sales work on long halloween yes uh and dark victory so i definitely feel a lot of the aesthetic is pulled from those uh, even though the Riddler looks like something completely new that we've never seen before, uh, I still feel like the aesthetic for a lot of it just kind of feels like something out of those books. Um, and it does also have that Court of 
Court of Owls looks to it because of Greg Capullo, who's the artist for that. It's got that very dark, grimy vibe to it as well. Um, you know, it's those two. I know he said ego, but I mean, man, I can't help but to watch that trailer and think of Long Halloween and Dark Victory because, uh, man, it just it shows it shows hard. Right. Uh, John, how about yourself? Same question. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I specifically the scene when you see Selena drop into the frame and she's trying to break into that vault. And then later on you get a, a quick cut of her and Batman kind of dancing around trying to fight each other before kind of like giving each other that like stare full of sexual tension. Like, it, like I saw that and I immediately thought of a very similar scene in the long Halloween. And I think there may have even been some set pictures that show there's like carved pumpkins everywhere. So it's kind of that time frame. And, and some of them were made to look like the, the pumpkin from the long Halloween. So that's really yeah, cool. the cover pumpkin. Um, yeah. And I think that um, court of owls for sure, just not it, like, yes, because of the, the art style, but also there's, just that vibe of like, you know, high profile people are being murdered. The Riddler is alluding to the idea that like there's more going on. Bruce's family is tied to it. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that Bruce doesn't even know. And like, he's not necessarily saying like, yes, it's the Court of Owls. And it very well might not be a thing that's in this movie. But that everything that he's saying is like, you could easily see like... It, Yes, there's like, how is it not the Court of yeah. Owls? And uh, so that's very exciting. Yeah, actually, now that you said that with Court of Owls and stuff too, I would actually, I really kind of hope that we don't get really a hint of Court of Owls, but then we realize the hints have always been there when we get to like the Batman part two. Yeah. And then we first well, see that, was, that first owl, you know? Like, I, love, I love the idea that like, maybe this film could focus on, you know, he's, the riddle he's trying to take down the riddler because that's the immediate threat and then like you get to the end of the movie yeah and you start to because the long halloween is all about like in batman you're it's kind of a sequel to batman year one and the year one is batman when he first comes about and he's taking on the mob and then the long halloween literally starts in October of one year and goes to October of the next year. And it's, it goes from Batman having taken down a lot of the mob or, or made a dent in the mob and having those feelings of like, Hey, I think I'm really making a difference. And then slowly watching Gotham go from this place that's controlled by organized crime to this place that is just becoming overrun with like, you know, chaos. His, his kind mm -hmm. of, chaos Bad and one. the villains and everything and realizing that Gotham is something completely different and that there's a chance that his war on crime might never end. Mm -hmm. And I think that idea mixed with the idea that like the corruption in Gotham goes mm -hmm. even deeper secret with the court society. of owls, like those two stories mixed together. Dude. I love a secret society. Come into play over yep. like a trilogy. Like maybe at the end of the first one, he becomes aware of the owls and then it's just this decay of Gotham until it gets to the last one. And maybe that's when you, you know, cap it all off with like, oh, and here's the Joker, the all worst right. of the worst. Dude, mm -hmm. here's my here's my impression of the worst Batman fan. Dude, honestly, I kind of wish it was like Dark Knight Returns meets The Killing Joke, you know? Oh, God, you're <laughs> right. That is the worst. Is that yeah. you, Zack Snyder? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, um, did you notice how Matt Reeves gave no shout outs? 
to Snyder no. at all. Like, he even when he's on, he talked he, about like I think he even I think he even threw a little shade because he talked about yeah. ego and he talked about some other stuff. Good. And then was it him that or no? I think it, no. I, I think, think he did. They, he I mentioned saw somebody mentioned like I'm glad he didn't talk about baby's first Batman, uh, meaning no, like no. year one. Yeah, you're no, killing no, no. Joe. <laughs> He, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, but he also like he did he did mention Frank Miller, but even before he mentioned Frank Miller, he was listing off a bunch of other prominent writers. Oh yeah, and, and it just warmed my heart because I was like, yes. finally, someone's acknowledging this plethora of amazing writers who have worked on this character, who have built and structured this character in such yeah. for amazing the record, ways. For the record, to the design of the car and it being like a muscle car is very like 70s Neil Adams, Adams kind yeah. of thing. And that's awesome. More like Neil Dude, Armstrong. I love that new Hey, listen, car. for the I record, one for the record, step. everybody shut the fuck up and let me say the thing I need to say. God damn it. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. He did. And the other best part that I saw. Yeah, the other other best part. No, no, I want to say this because I want to be factually accurate. He did mention that he was excited about Zack Snyder seeing his vision. Um, And I I, I do want to say this. I don't think any director, like that's that's a nightmare as a director to not see through to the end of, of what and deliver what you intended to deliver. So I'm sure there's empathy. Listen, I think... Matt Reeves is probably like, okay, my Batman's going to be nothing like Zack Snyder's Batman, but I think there's probably a mutual respect there. That's all I was trying sure. to say. Also, oh, yeah. breaking news, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am on chapter eight of the novelization of The Court of Owls, so I'm going against the uh, the long-held theory that I don't read books, and uh, I also... You opted to not read the graphic <laughs> novel, crazy. which That's I... amazing. Yeah, I congrats. I admitted in, to privately, and I will now admit it to publicly, to publicly, <laughs> to, to... no, my friend publicly's here, <laughs> that I want to say I love the artwork so much in graphic novels that I have trouble with... What are you laughing at me for? You're 68 pages like you're, in. It's good. Like you're, like you're struggling on focusing on the words because the art's so good. I, I have <laughs> trouble. What, that's you what guys are just saying. not going to let me do it. I'm having like a real moment when here. When Craig explained to me that he was going to order the novelization <laughs> of the graphic novel, I was like. That's totally a thing. I Order me the graphic novel too. So I we got have both. trouble concentrating because of my ADD or ADHD, whatever the fuck I have, undiagnosed, self-diagnosed. I'm like Dan Aykroyd. With my, I've got webbed toes and Tourette's. Um, I do have trouble reading comics and graphic novels and retaining the information because of it. I get very distracted. I feel like you're losing so much by not reading it, Like especially the way this, I'm this going volume to go, is structured. It's really cool. I'm going to go back and I'm going to read and look at all basically what I'm saying is at the end, I'll go back and look at all the pictures. No, I want, I love the artwork. I'm obsessed with it. I appreciate it so much, but, um, listen, that's my own personal struggle. That's just what I'm dealing with. That's my affliction. Hey, Craig, Craig, as somebody who has ADHD and like, I, I have dealt with that for a long time. I respect that. And I have definitely had to deal with similar things, but, I'm glad that you have found a way where you can enjoy the story and the art at your own pace. And I'm excited to discuss it with you. Thank you, John. Yep. 
I'm God. so cynical. Sounds, I appreciate it. you. It sounds yep. like I'm so stupid. He, <laughs> no, Craig has found oh his God. own special way Dude, to enjoy I it. Tell you that. No, Dude, would you like to tell him? Do you want me to say the same thing before condescending? Stuff right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. We like that you found your book. Oh, God. Oh, my. Yeah, there it is. There's anyways, <laughs> anyways, I'm excited oh, about the new Batman movie. Craig, I think. I hear you. I see you. I appreciate you. Thank you. I do. I respect you. Okay. Yeah. We've all got I things. Like you. I right. like you. What I'm going to say now is I hope it's more than a trilogy. I don't want to see this wrapped up in three movies. I want Matt Reeves to create his own Batman universe that goes on for a really long time. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that they need to, uh, some people are worried about having too many villains packed into one movie, but to be honest, go read any Batman comic that's ever existed. There's villains all over. Like the villains yeah. are the best part. And we all know who they are. Yeah. Like it's almost like common knowledge at this point. Like even for people who don't read comics, like all those villains are like household names. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing like that's what's so unique about Batman. His it the you can make an argument that Superman I actually I don't think you can. I think Batman's the most popular superhero of all time. I think Spider-Man is probably the closest right that comes yeah. to that, but you can't name like his villains aren't as uh prominent as well, I saw Batman's Joss Whedon's are. Justice League and I know Superman's villains. Uh Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, what's, no, but everybody knows the rogues guy. Sad side note is that I think the reason like Superman's symbol is very iconic and recognizable. And but I think the reason that he's not as popular as Batman is because he's severely misunderstood. But anyway. Yeah, I agree with John. Well, that's another episode. So we better get a credit in the next Superman movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, incredible trailer. I love that it's coming out in October. I think it's going to destroy the box office. A Halloween release yes. for a Batman movie. Oh, I, get away from this. get a new Batmania with this movie? Oh, God, I, we got to. I forget who I was talking to. It might have been you guys, but I said it like because it, I feel like it really clearly is taking a lot of cues from the long Halloween. I think it's a crime if there isn't some sort of like, like a slow pumpkin burnout, like with all the chapter. I mean, they kind of did that for the dark night, but like something that is just like a countdown from the like next month to when the movie comes out and it's played up as like, you know, the long Halloween, but yeah, that would be some good viral marketing. Dude, I'll do it. Literally, that counted. On my porch. Abby's, Abby's going to take over the Batman marketing yeah, right now. I'll slow burn yeah. a pumpkin for a month. Um, Robert Pattinson yeah, is going to be Yeah, I'm going to be flying out to Atlanta movie. in October because we are going to have to see this together and yeah. record Dude, live reactions. Absolutely. Yeah, and you might need to put the fire out uh, from the pumpkin. Okay, so let's talk about the rest of the fandom before we get to the end because we're over an hour already. Uh, oh wow! I was surpri- I'm a surprised that we're over an hour, and b surprised by how much I liked fandom and how much it how excited fun. I was to be a part of it. Yeah, it's like in, it's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. Well, why don't we put our focus on uh, what we saw from Suicide Squad a little bit, and then I want to wrap up talking about. We, I don't even want to talk about the Snyder Cut trailer. It was awful and stupid, and maybe the movie will end up being good, but that trailer was fucking. I think that's so the best st- way to do it. It was it awful and, talk and about stupid, it. and that song is stupid. Okay, there we did it. But <laughs> but <laughs> it was either that Dylan 
or a My Chemical Romance cover of Dylan. Right. And, Here's you know, the thing, though. I'm, I'm not. And that's what I'm not anti Snyder cut. I think what I think Warner Brothers is. You know what's awful and stupid is the way Warner Brothers handled that entire situation. Like they fire Zack Snyder. They bring on Josh Whedon. Apparently, he was a dumb idiot and was doing inappropriate things. Like the whole thing is messed up. And then all the stuff with Zack Snyder's daughter. It's awful. Mm-hmm. When the Snyder, yeah. when the Snyder, it was just like a perfect storm of awful things that right. happened. So yeah. when the Snyder cut, um, when the Snyder cut is released, we'll watch it all forty-seven hours of it, and uh, we'll 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 take it in when it happens. But um, I want to talk about Suicide Squad, and then we can talk about um, what we learned about Flashpoint because I'm really excited about that. Um, so does that sound okay to you guys? Yeah. yeah, let's have Abby start off with Suicide Squad because uh, James Gunn is her boy. <laughs> yeah, dude, he is my boy. Before we wrap up, he one of the nine. We should probably do a blitz of like all the other fandom stuff because there was some some little stuff in there. That no, was really, really cool. John, <laughs> hard no, hard no. No, I'm just kidding. We we can talk about whatever you guys want. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That that's a big old oh, okay cool uh yeah uh the the, the arrows a show on the CW okay. I'm just kidding I don't know is it no 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 we can talk about whatever you guys want I'm having I'm having a good time I might order let's start with Abby Abby yes James Gun my boy dude oh yeah I, I love that next time John is doing anything I'm just gonna John's gonna be no. at dinner no this is John's You're not gonna, gonna eat that John's gonna be at dinner with his wife. And the, the the server's gonna come by and say, "Hey, can I get you guys anything else?" And John's gonna say, "No, we're good." And I'm gonna show up and be like, "No, we're not. Give me the dessert menu. I want to know everything." <laughs> I love that you're already existing in a reality where we're out at dinner. That's fantastic. right. We're at dinner. We're not Great wearing imagination. No masks. We all wear masks. Uh, all right, Abby, James Gunn, uh, uh, we'll uh, wear a mask. I was, this I was, is a fun episode. I was I'm having fun. fun. <laughs> when do I start? I was looking forward to the James Gunn panel. Uh, that's what I call it. The Suicide Squad panel. Uh, there were little like bits of marketing that came out before it um, just to let you know that it was very funny. Um, and yeah, it was like the first time. Um, I was honestly hoping I would see a trailer. Um, so I was a little bit bummed that I didn't get one. But you got so much um, like behind the scenes footage and like on the set footage. And you got to see every Everybody interacting and like the zoom atmosphere and it's a very very funny group of people i kind of felt like john cena was a little bit cringy at moments um but seeing james gunn like lighting up and like it just it gave me very good vibes for this movie and i had some concerns because obviously i really didn't like birds of prey um really didn't like the last suicide squad movie and it's it's a universe that or a storyline i guess that i always found i thought it was very confusing and like none of the characters were interesting in the last movie but i think that james gunn brings hope and direction and can really write funny characters and i again i'm a little bummed because i'm spoiled and i want a trailer but i'm very happy with everything that we saw and i was glad that i got to laugh and enjoy the entire thing and like message with you guys while watching it that was cool to have like a piece of content that we were all consuming at the same time yeah that was great yeah yeah she, you you nailed it. I have nothing else to really add to that other than that roll call and the deep dives that he went in for choosing characters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
amazing. Like, it's so good. It's so, like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that movie. I honestly cannot wait. I don't know anything about Ratcatcher, but, like, I'm ready, and I'm excited. Are you ready for Polka Rat, Dot Man? I think so. Ratcatcher 2. Ratcatcher 2, well, Polka think, Dot Man, that one's got my, that one's got my attention. Yeah. This is such an interesting thing for James Gunn, because the, the challenge he had with Guardians of the Galaxy oh. is like, hey... We're taking an obscure Marvel property that only comic fans really know about, and even the like, it's not it's not a top tier property, and we're going to let you try to make a movie do out of thing. it and do your thing, and you know, and it's got a talking raccoon, and and the I, I remember when the announcement happened, and it was kind of like, ooh, this is going to be the first kind of is this going to work moment for the MCU, and clearly he knocked it out of the park, and overnight, you know. Rocket and Groot and Peter Quill and uh, Zoe Saldana, because <laughs> Gamora, can, Gamora, Gamora. <laughs> they, you know, they they became um, o- overnight they became a list characters, right? So Peter Quill, yeah. right up, yeah. is now oh they're in the Avengers and they're they're with with everybody. So now it's like I think he's like, well, can I do this with thirty of the most obscure, unknown DC characters that have ever existed? Yeah, and I, I really think he can. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that he can and that he will. Um, oh and, dude. And they're going to die. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be a lot of deaths. He said, don't get attached to anybody, but he's so, not, you know, rat catcher is two like, is dead. Seen, yeah. What sucks is, you know, like you've seen what he's done in, in the guardians movies. And as far as like making sure those characters are like, yeah, they're jerks or whatever, but like you care about them. Like mm-hmm. your hearts are attached to them. With the Suicide Squad, you know he's going to pull the same thing where you get attached to the characters, and, but because it's the Suicide Squad, they're all going to die. Yeah, and and it's it's funny to, like it's like uh, even looking at the details, somebody pointed out in uh in I think the first Suicide Squad, uh, Harley has a tattoo on her back that says "Property of Joker," yeah. and somebody caught a moment in the preview that they had at Fandome of that same tattoo on Harley's back, but now it says property of no one. And just that attention to detail of like, no, 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 I'm going to get in and help you understand these characters and build them up. And they're going to have their moments and then they're going to die. Like if I was a betting man, the only one I would feel safe about making it out of that is Harley. Maybe. Mm, That's awesome. I agree. He does. I think James Gunn is like a master at doing the, you're la- you're crying so hard and then laughing so hard the next moment and like that going oscillating between the two is such a good cathartic feeling. And here's so what here's what I'll say. Exciting. To all the here's, people who's my assessment of this movie before it comes out, everybody is gonna be Mary Poppins, y'all. Right, exactly. Here's yeah. the, here's the thing. To the people who try to convince you that Birds of Prey is actually really good. Suicide Squad will show you why it's not. Yeah. Right? So Birds Birds of Prey tries to do a lot of those Guardians of the Galaxy type things. Some of it it does okay. A lot of it kind of falls flat. Um, James Gunn will show you what a well-written, well-directed You'll care about that egg sandwich or whatever the fuck it was in that (laughs) movie. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's nothing against uh, the, you know, writers and directors of that movie, but it just, it unfortunately felt a lot like the rest of the DC universe, which is just like a bunch of shit put in a blender and it comes out and there's like, oh, some of this is good. Some of it's really not good at all. And some of it's like, how did this even make it on screen? But James Gunn is not that kind of, uh, he's going to write and direct direct from his heart. And he's not going to leave anything on the cutting room floor that, that 
doesn't it's going to be packed full of emotion and heart and comedy and that's why i don't buy you know there are people um who are hesitant because it's like well suicide squad sucked and all the dc movies i'm i think i'm this is Jake. This is the part where Jake's here. I'm talking for Jake right now. <laughs> but but Channeling. Jake's opinion, and it's not an unfair opinion to say, like, why should I think this movie is going to be any different than the last four or five efforts? Um, and I think James Gunn is the answer to that question. He's This is not your run-of-the-mill hired gun director, no pun intended. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Let's talk about Flashpoint and how awesome – that little interview thing was mm-hmm. and those little reveals. Yeah. And how, um, what's his face? Well, who's, who's playing the flash? Who's, Ezra, who's playing? Miller. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. He's no longer canceled to me. Yeah. He's back on the menu. I, he I, was so charming and so funny. Uh, I like <laughs> the fact happening? that they got the JSA in there. So they're introducing more of those characters. We're getting Dr. Fate. That's the only one that really has me going, Oh my God, I can't wait to see that. And, yeah, that's my opinion on Flashpoint. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring it on. It's being directed by JSA in with Flashpoint. Yeah, because that's what. No, no, that was. Uh, oh, I can't Black remember Adam. which movie's what. Is that the one with The Rock? The Rock's got Doctor yeah, Fate, that right? Was Black Adam. No, they're also putting that in Flashpoint too, aren't they? Yeah, I'm just like whatever. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Michael Keaton, but okay. Um, Michael Keaton's. I think Andy Muschietti's directing. He did the It movies. uh, Very talented. Um, Again, I think this is going to be a different kind of... I think this is going to probably be one of the best entries into this entire universe. But it was announced right before Fandom that Ben Affleck's going to be in it too. So Mm -hmm. we're getting at least two Batmans, which is pretty damn cool. We're getting three Batmans in the next few years. But I think it's it's honestly perfect because I think... A lot of people who know the Flashpoint story know that the comic version and the animated version is about him, you know, messing up the timeline and existing in a world where Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. But I think the fact that, like, you know, in the present, before everything happens, we're probably going to see Barry and Bruce and them collaborating, working together, whatever. Maybe Bruce is helping him try and figure out what happened to his mom. And then he's going to, you know... Flashpoint, he's going to mess up the universe. He's going to meet Keaton Batman. These are all characters who have lost their parents or at least lost their mothers. And so I think the fact that he is going to be experiencing a Batman who's been through that in the present and one in the timeline that he's changed is going to give Barry a lot of perspective. Whoa, 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 hold on. Do you think it's going to be Keaton? He's going to fuck up the timeline. He's going to come back and Batman's going to just be Michael Keaton? I think what's going to happen... I think so, because they talked about wanting to use Keaton as like a Nick Fury for the rest of the DC universe. And I could imagine that like this is going to cause like a schism in like the multiverse is going to start like shattering or something. So he creates the Tim Burton universe. That's hilarious. I think what's going to happen is he's going to like he's going to have to like merge the two universes or something. I don't know. Like he's going to come back and realize I guess this is the Bruce I'm stuck with now, or I don't know. Hey, all I know is I better hear, all I know is I better hear the line, don't move or I'll do Gordon. That's what I want to hear. Wow. (laughs) uh, Well, listen, Pat Hingle will not be in this movie. He will either will Michael go or golf. 
however you say his name. Uh, that makes me sad. We're going to return to the Michael Keaton's Batman universe because we're missing so many key important parts. Although I think it's basically confirmed Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be in this Ooh, movie. She cracks that whip. Hope- oh my God. If she is, that's it. <laughs> I don't I don't make it to we... Matt Reeves film because I would die <laughs> right there. Hope, that would be I it. I hope we I hope they kind of blend all of those movies together. Like I would love to get back for him to meet Keaton and go into his Batcave, but then there's like the the Batman Forever Robin suit is in there and the Batgirl suit. Like just that whole universe. I want to see just, Chris O'Donnell Nightwing. Dude, I'm here for that. Okay. God, that's another one that would make my dick explode on the spot. Oh my mm-hmm. Just that earring and nightwing. Like a love letter. Like remember those old Batman movies? Man, I would be like Jar Jar Binks, just laying there waiting just for it. Waiting. Hey, listen, have all real of talk. Old villain stuff supple. on display in a corner of the cave or something. I would yep. feel so cool about. Because I think this movie is going to be fun. All bets are going to be off. They're going to be able to do a lot of different stuff. What if it, they're they're flashing through the universe or whatever they however it works with time travel and multiverses, and at one point it just cuts to George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell, like modern. Like I would love that. I would accept. Oh, it. that would be great too. I would, I would be love down that. With that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think there's a lot that they can do with it, but obviously it hasn't even started filming yet. But we did get that concept art where you do see Keaton's Batman, and I think it's cool that Ben Affleck's Batman's gonna. I have a feeling we're gonna see Ben Affleck's Batman early in the movie, and then they're going to, uh, yeah. you know, cut to uh, what John was just talking about. Basically, uh, I want Chris O'Donnell Nightwing now so bad. Yeah, <laughs> mate. It's not gonna uh, happen. He's like, I mean, he basically had the suit in Batman and Robin. All you got to do is get rid of the cape and change the colors. That's it. That's all you gotta do. That's it. It's easy. It's easy, guys. It's just easy. It's so easy. Well, listen, guys, we're 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 carrying on here, and there's plenty to talk about. We can continue these conversations, uh, you know, as, as we uh, listen. There's nothing happening. We could talk. We could do this every day if we want. <laughs> um, was there we do. next week for DC Fandom Breakdown Part Two? I think we could. Well, we yeah, we're it's gonna, gonna be like uh, Zach's. Uh, it's gonna be like the Snyder Cut, but we're gonna do the Fandom yeah. Cut, <laughs> the fan- and it's, it's gonna, gonna be four, four episodes, episodes of long. four hours long. But people, there wait. is another Fandom in a couple weeks. They're doing like day two with a bunch more stuff. Yeah. A lot of people aren't talking yeah. about that, and Dude, apparently there's gonna be a Batman super, Forever like, something. Oh yeah. man, don't even. So Phantom was such a huge success. I mean, they talked about it in a couple of articles. I think it was, I'm probably wrong. I want to say it was like 22 million, like some sort of number where you're just yeah, like, yeah, it was a big number. Really well. And, uh, and I think the, and the fact that it was accessible to everybody uh-huh. and the thing that I loved the most was like, there were some people who had nothing to show. Like the rock showed up had a couple of like drawings of what he would look like as Black Adam, listed off a couple of Justice Society members, and then cut a promo on the entire Justice League. And I was like, I'm really excited for this movie now. And they didn't show anything. And I hope more filmmakers and people who are attached to franchise movies look at that and understand like, it doesn't matter if you have a 60 second trailer, a two minute trailer, or if you just, like whatever you have, if you get in front of a camera and just say, we're excited and this is what we have in store for you, you're going to get people hyped. And, well, and, like, Neil Gaiman showed nothing. Right. He just yeah. came on screen and just Dude. said, hey, we're doing a Netflix series. I forgot. On Sandman. I'm going to read Sandman. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, fuck? the thing is San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con online did horribly. 
So well, yeah, because you couldn't find any of the videos. <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah. bad. Uh, but I, I, I people do think- love hype. Like that's what is. The whole, that's what they're selling, yeah, watching man. it. It's just if ex- you show me that you are excited about the project, you're passionate, you know your stuff when it comes to the thing that you're working on, and that you, like, like just, if you're excited, I, lo- I love the phrase, something is only as important as you make it. And if you get on camera and tell me this is important, I'm going to believe you until I have a reason not to. So just tell me it's important, and I'll be excited. There you go. Yep. I thought that's I really like that. Amen. And then you yep. see it, and you go, "That we wasn't didn't even very talk important. about video games yet." But we're not oh, going to. No, we're not going to. But video games. Just, I cried no, about Gotham. I don't have. Oh, the, I don't have the energy. I was playing my goddamn. Craig can't read comic books because of the pictures. Here's the, the thing: <laughs> video games I, are similar. I play <laughs> sports video games, and I don't have a headset. And every time I play somebody online, this guy Abby walked in. I was playing PGA Two K Twenty One. And she hears this guy going, dude, quit. You're Just so quit, bad. Dude. Just quit. Quit. Oh, Just shit talking. I didn't quit. I probably should have. No. It was actually really good advice. Great. It was awesome. Craig, Craig, you can play Gotham Knights with me and Ryan. We'll take thank our you. time. It'll be thank fine. You, thank you. Cool. Well, listen, play some more Fall Guys. Uh, yes. Oh. That's what we're doing. I got to the fifth round in Fall Guys. I almost won. First time ever. I had fallen asleep nice. and I woke up to watch that fifth round. I was very excited. It was awesome. Listen, guys, thank you so much for being here. Before we go, um, Ryan, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can always find me at RyanDole31 on all the social media platforms that I use. I guess that's Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Toy Anxiety every Saturday with Craig Goldberg as part of the Yes Have Some family of shows. And you can also find me at the... Yes, have some group therapy where I am the one of the lovely moderators that will take down your memes with great, great enthusiasm. Yes, and you can, you can also find Ryan at various <laughs> Vancouver, British Columbia late night establishments that specialize in <laughs> uh, uh, backroom booth videos and all sorts of fun stuff, probably. Oh, well, no, you won't find me there. I mean, we have a chat now. We don't even need to do that. Anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and John, uh, tell people about what you do and where people can find you. And why don't you tell, give us a brief uh, tease about uh, upcoming drawing things that happen in October. Yeah, um, so you can find me on the interwebs uh, at John Yurkaba four, like the number four, and uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, you, I pop into group therapy from time to time. I've been pretty busy recently, just catching up on a backlog of uh, uh, commissions that I've been working on. Um, I finally, you know, finished school and had some other family stuff going on, but now I've got the time to sit down and really draw. Um, uh, also, so yeah, that's where you can find me. That's what I've been doing. Uh, in the next couple of days, I'm going to be dropping a little, little tease of a, a personal project that I'm working on. Um, it should be pretty fun. My brother and I have been working on some, some stuff to, uh, to hype it up. And then I'm going to be doing some really cool artwork, uh, for the month of October. Um, I'm not going to tell you all about it, but I will say that, um, if there are any other Ghostbusters artists, fan artists, people who might be thinking about doing some Ghostbusters artwork and sharing it online who want to um, partake, just uh, 
keep your eyes peeled over the next few days, and there might be a uh, a cool little hashtag that you can apply to your work, and we can have some fun with it um, in lieu of some of the other uh, October art challenges that a lot of people do. I thought it'd be cool to to do something Ghostbusters related because that. Those were always my favorite things about Ghostbusters was when you would have um, like the prime time real Ghostbusters episodes with Sam Hain and the Boogaloo and like Ghostbusters and Halloween have always felt really close to me. So I wanted I like doing stuff that celebrates that. So hopefully, you know, I'll share that and everyone will see what's up and we'll have some fun. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Um, Listen, we appreciate everybody's support. It's been an insane year. We're still going strong with the S have some. We're, we're putting out episodes every week. You can find more bonus content on our Patreon page. $5 a month gets you complete access to our entire Patreon archive. We got some really fun ideas that we're tossing around for bonus uh, stuff. Cooking so, up some pretty cool stuff. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Sorry. So it will be patreon.com slash yes have some. And I do want to point everybody. <laughs> You're so funny. funny. You guys like that? You guys, I, I you guys, funny. Is that the crossroads <laughs> intro? Yes. Okay. Yes. We all listen. We all know. Um, yeah, we What's all up, Chris? Hey, Troy. What I'm trying to say is that one of the best ways you can support the podcast is by buying a shirt. You can go to belowthecollar.com slash yes, have some podcast and get any one of our incredible t-shirts with designs by the likes of John Yurkaba part four and others. Um, let her buy something the YHS Mm -hmm. universe YHS Universal Studios lots of good stuff check that out below the collar.com slash YHS podcast get yourself a t-shirt let everybody know that you are a stressed out toy collector who likes Batman and amongst other things I don't have anything else to say tonight Abigail Gardner thank you so much thank you John Caper Ryan Dold the Jokers the Jokers Yay, good night, everybody. Thank you, Ben. Whenever you're listening to this. The Joker. Hey, yeah. Wait, real quick, real quick. How about this? How about this? How about this? You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Sorry, what movie? What movie? What movie? Uh, uh, I don't know. All right, everybody. Suicide Squad. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time on Yes, I Have Some Podcast. Mm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah.